welcome to Ghost Emoji, our our spooky podcast with me, Taylor. And me, Becca. And she, Becca. And this week, we're going to be talking about matrimonial bliss and just all the, all the good stuff that comes with weddings and, and getting married and nothing scary or sad about them. Oh, no. There's there's no sad, spooky wedding folklore to be had. So we're just going to talk about all the great stuff, the fun stuff. Mm. Mm. For sure. <laughs> Surprise, we've changed the entire premise of this podcast. Yep, it's now kind of like a say yes to the dress meets ghost hunters. I mean, I'm engaged now, so why would we talk about anything else? Exactly. You know, people who are married, that's all they want to talk about. It's not like it stresses them out and sometimes they like to think about other things. Mm-mm. For sure. We've got a couple of, like, wedding folklore tales, but we've also got a nice smattering of cool, weird traditions and where they come from and why they don't make no GD sense. But they're still here, I guess, if that's your bag, your wedding bag. Um, to start us off, you've got the veil which is not just a standard accessory, the veil actually carries far more superstition than you'd think. Actually, I mean, I could see the veil having a lot of superstition. (laughs) Don't tell me what to think, websites. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ancient Romans believed that wearing a veil would disguise the bride as protection from jealous eyes and evil spirits. The veiling of the bride has origins in the idea that she's vulnerable to enchantment, not just by her, her bewitching bow but to evil spirits so you've got to hide her away and the romans veiled brides in a flame colored veil to scare off the spirits because spirits hate fire which i'm wondering when they say flame color does that mean it was like a orangish red or was it like gold or did they get like a cool blue flame i doubt it was blue because i feel like blue was sort of a later color Mm-hmm. But, um... Which color flame do you want for your veil to keep you from being enchanted um, by evil spirits? I don't need a veil. I just... Need a I sword? Yeah, I just need a sword. <laughs> just give me a big-ass sword. Next one is ringing bells. Tradition says they're not just for cat collars. They're often rung at Irish weddings to keep evil spirits away and bless the couple with a happy family life. People so, are very afraid of evil spirits. For real. How do the bells scare? They're just loud. I guess. Is everyone does like everyone has a bell? <laughs> that sounds annoying. I'm assuming. I guess I I made the assumption that this was like a wedding bell, but the whole thing about cats for collars maybe maybe they just have like cat collars on everybody, little little collars with little bells on them. I really like that. I I can't wait. I can't wait for that to be a part of of the next Irish wedding I go to. I'm Irish, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Can I wear a cat collar at your wedding? Do you think that would be I distracting? Guess. I mean, I'd prefer you not to, but you know, you you got to do you. I'll wear it like on my leg, so you won't know it's me, and everyone will be like, "Where's that ringing coming from?" But I don't know. I don't know. It could be anybody. Could be. Could be anybody. Could it? I'm gonna. Is know. it you? I'm gonna accuse everybody. 
J'accuse. Um, this one I thought was pretty cool. Uh, as someone who hasn't dropped the rings, but who has seen many a ring get dropped, um, dropping the wedding ring spells death for whoever does so. <laughs> so be very careful with those butterfingers during the ceremony, because you will die. Cool, I dropped your ring. When? At your wedding. Before you handed it to me? Someone gave it to me and I was holding it and I dropped it. Oh, I don't remember that. Actually, I think I had Mark's ring. Yeah, you would have had Mark's because I would hand it to him. Yeah, I had Mark's ring and I dropped it before the ceremony. Oh, I think, well... I mean, I told you I'm going to die before I'm 30, so I think I'm probably going to die on the plane trip either to or from uh, North Carolina. No, that's too sad because you're going to have your kitty with you. Hopefully it'll be on the way there instead because that way he won't die. Yeah, but everyone on the plane with you will. I mean, why you got to put the that that bad that bad stuff on on the plane with all the other people? Maybe nobody else will be going. I don't know. <laughs> just gonna have, you're gonna fly the plane yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you're so That's talented. That's why we're gonna crash. <laughs> uh, let's see. And this next one's good and not and not kind of chauvinistic at all. Oh no, for sure. It's carrying the bride over the threshold. This one is based on the extreme paranoia of medieval Europeans who believed a number of things. First, that a bride was particularly susceptible to evil spirits through the soles of her feet. Secondly, only a scandalous bride wished to appear so eager to lose her virginity that she would cross the threshold herself. And most importantly... Tripping over the threshold into one's new home was a sure sign of bad luck. All of these posed enough reason for the groom to carry his bride into their new home. Mm-mm-mm. What if he God. trips? You both die. Who's both to say possessed. he's so good? <laughs> All these evil spirits, man. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Now on to story time. Just good stuff. Um, I would like to preface this by saying I think almost every single one of these women in these stories, uh, die. So, don't get married or you'll die. That's, that's the twist. Super. Said, till death do us part. It's immediately. You die. Um, The Missing Bride, this one is actually, I don't think this is the exact uh, version, but there's a version of this story in uh, those old books that we used to have when we were little, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah. So, there's a lot of different versions of this story. Um, it's the missing bride and, uh, the two most common, uh, versions of the story are that a couple had a beautiful wedding in a large old house or in a barn on a swath of farmland. During the reception, they decided to play a big game of hide and seek because I don't know, maybe this is why we don't do this at receptions anymore. (laughs) Uh, by the end, everyone has been found except for the bride. The guests look everywhere, but she's nowhere to be found. Some of the guests whisper that maybe she regretted getting married and snuck off with cold feet that were entered by evil spirits because they're susceptible to evil spirits Do you feats. <laughs> the groom, heartbroken, continues to hope that she'll return, but she never comes back. Years later, depending on the telling, either the owner of the barn or house are in the process of selling the property, and while cleaning out the place, they come upon an old trunk It's dusty and dirty, obviously having been shut tight for a long time. When it's opened, the withered corpse of the bride lays inside, still in her wedding dress. She had gone to hide in the trunk, and when it slammed shut, 
causing the latch to lock in place. Unable to open it from the outside, her only hope had been if someone found her during hide-and-seek, and all of her guests sucked, and no one found her. Yeah, they sucked at hide-and-seek. <laughs> but, so that's, uh, that's one happy tale, and that's why we don't play hide-and-seek at receptions anymore. We just do the Cupid Shuffle, um, we do some some line dancing, do the the train while everyone sings to We Are Family for a thousand hours, the longest song ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. It's so long. So, the next story is about the Headless Bride. In 1915 New York, the daughter of a wealthy shipping company owner rejected all suitors except for an old servant in their household. Her father saw that the servant was more interested in raising his social status and getting money than he was in love, but the daughter wouldn't hear it. Uh, she and the servant were married, but part of the agreement was that her father give them a large sum of money and they leave New York. The father hoped that without the prospect of inheriting any of the family business, that he'd back down, but the large dowry was enough to keep the servant interested. The couple took the money and left for a long honeymoon in Yellowstone. They were going to stay at the Old Faithful Inn, a fairly new and lavish hotel for the time. It didn't take long for the lady's new husband to show his true colors. He gambled away most of their money and spent it as if it would never run out. By the time they reached Yellowstone, they were almost broke. The couple argued constantly enough to draw the attention of the hotel staff, and finally the lady called her father begging for more money. Her father said no. One night, the couple had a louder and more violent fight than usual. Doesn't it always go that way? Mm -hmm. The husband finally stormed out and never returned. The staff, realizing that he'd left her, decided to give her a few days to collect herself, but soon they began to worry about her. When they looked in the room finally, it was completely trashed, and the poor woman's decapitated body was in the tub. A few days later, a terrible smell began emanating from the crow's nest above where the band played in the lobby of the hotel. That's where they found her head. Mm -hmm. Over the years, guests have sighted an apparition of a woman wearing a flowing white dress walking down the stairs from the crow's nest with her head under her arm. But the joke is on us. In the interview, uh, George Borneman, assistant manager, admitted to making the whole thing up in 1983. He thought the story would make the end seem more mysterious. He did used to hear running in the haunts inside the deserted hotel, and that was true. But it's what gave him the idea for the story. Dang it, George. What a dick. So in that one, I guess at least it's not true. Although the other one's technically folklore also, so it might not be based on anything. Let's hope. They're just scary stories. Let's see. This one I remember, and I say like, of course I don't like it a whole lot because it involves death and sadness. But this one was kind of tied in. But in some of the stories, it's a wedding dress, and then some of them is just like a regular gown. So we'll we'll take this one with a a pinch of of bridal salt. But uh, it's called the poison dress. Uh, a young girl wants to attend a formal dance, but is having trouble finding a nice dress she can afford. She finally finds a beautiful secondhand white gown. Sometimes it's a wedding dress. Sometimes it's just a formal gown, and purchases it. Uh, she looks lovely and dances all night, but begins to feel ill and woozy as the night goes on. In some stories, a man takes her home where she dies, but in other stories, she only makes it as far as the restroom at the ball before she passes away. 
It's later revealed that a woman or bride had used it as a funeral dress, but then the destitute family had returned the dress before burial. The formaldehyde absorbed into the fibers and leached into the woman's body as her skin heated from the dancing. Um, Folklorist Ernest Bogman, or Bowman? Baugman? One of those. uh, Speculated that the story might have been used as an adverse... um, as adverse publicity to discredit a well-known store, since several variants of the story specifically mention the name of the store at which the supposed poison dress was purchased. Um, the legis- legend continued to be told after long after its initial popularity with embalming fluid, sometimes replacing the formaldehyde mentioned in the earlier version. Um, poison dresses are also in Greek mythology. Uh, when Jason left the sorceress Medea to marry Glos, Glaus, uh, King Creon's daughter, Medea, took her revenge by sending her a poison dress and a golden coronet, also dipped in poison. This resulted in the death of the princess and subsequently the king when he tried to save her. I feel like there's something in Snow White where um, there's like certain versions where the queen tried to give her, I don't remember if it was either a poisoned comb or a enchanted, like, what are those things? Like a cloak? corset or whatever no i was gonna say um gave her like an uh, a cursed or not cursed but like enchanted corset that would just tighten and tighten and tighten and it's supposed to just like crush your ribs essentially kill you yeah yeah um but that's what that reminds me of now apparently this is also part of like an episode for some one of those like crime csi type shows or something Someone at a wedding has like a, a poison gown on, which is kind of why it came up when I was trying to search for spooky wedding stuff. But uh, for anyone worried about it, apparently I tried to find out. I was like, is it possible? Like if you have clothing on a dead body and then for whatever reason you take it off and wear it, they were like, no, the most that could have happened is like, you know, arsenic used to be used in like old dyes. And so sometimes women who would make dresses would be poisoned by handling the fabric, but that was the closest I could find. Apparently green fabric had a lot of arsenic in it. Cool. Hope you enjoy your emerald ball gown, Gladys. People are dying. We're dying. People are dying. People are dead. (laughs) I don't mean to pick on Gladys, but... So, this is the haunted wedding dress of Anna Baker. Ooh! (laughs) In 1849, a girl from a rich family named Anna Baker fell in love with a low-class iron worker. No matter how she begged, how how much she begged, Anna's father did not want his daughter to marry a man from the lower class. Anna was deeply in love with the iron worker and even bought a wedding dress in hopes that one day her dreams may come true. God. Um, (laughs) Anna's father, as stubborn as he was... Never let her marry her one true love. Anna told her father that she would never marry, no matter how many suitors her father brought home. Finally, her father died, but it was too late and her true love was gone. Where did he go? I guess he was just like, all right, well, I'm going to go find someone else. It's like, cool, well, glad to see he cared. Anna lived out her days alone and very, hold on, (sighs) alone and very, very bitter. The servants of the household would sometimes see Anna wearing her wedding dress and dancing under the moonlight. Anna died old and very angry in 1914. Hmm. Eventually, the baker's mansion was turned into a museum, and Anna's wedding dress was placed in a glass case in her old bedroom. 
and visitors constantly report seeing a woman's image looking back at them when staring through the glass case at Anna's wedding dress, as if she's still wearing her wedding dress in the afterlife. Visitors of the Baker's Museum also report that they can see the wedding dress sway from side to side within the glass case. From time to time, visitors would tell the tour guides that they saw a woman dancing while wearing a wedding dress within the Baker's estate. Poor Anna Baker. All right, are you ready for one that's got werewolves in it? Yeah. I've never really been into werewolves. It's not my favorite genre. Not real into vampires either, though. But when you put them together, you have a mediocre rivalry. Mm-hmm. Disappointing all around. My question's where's all the swamp things and, like, fish people? Oh, they're coming. I think there's going to be a resurgence in them thanks to the shape of water. Yes. Fish men. Fish men. Monster well, boyfriends. Monster boyfriends. Aren't they doing a remake of Splash, but they're doing it as a dude mermaid? Hell yeah. I guess Hell a, yeah. I'm a merman. so excited for it. I've heard a it was merman. Channing Tatum. I'm okay with that because, I mean, he's funny, so I imagine he's going to be able to, like, play it really funny. I, I too, I will be interested to see how he how he channels daryl hannah same all right the werewolf's bride a michigan ghost story so we're going we're going cross country upwards up across the the middle and to the side a little bit there once was a beautiful girl who caught the eye of an evil woodsman ain't that just the way who had sold his soul for the ability to turn himself into a wolf at will awoo that's him. He's yodeling. Is that a yodel? No. Uh, no. It's <laughs> a, a howl. <laughs> uh, he lay in wait for the girl when she was walking home one day and accosted her. Rude. Begging her to elope with him. The maiden refused because she was engaged to a soldier. The girl's cry were heard by her eager fiancé who had come searching for her when she was late returning to her parents' home. Why is he just hanging out at her parents' house? Because he's a creep. Ugh, creeps all around, man. The soldier drove the woodsman away, threatening him with dire consequences if he ever approached the maiden again. Says, why I oughta? I'm gonna sock ya. Right in the jaw. The wolf jaw. Uh, the furious woodsman lay low for a few days, waiting for his chance. It came on the girl's wedding day. Man, these guys. Ugh. He was dancing, or she was dancing happily at her wedding reception with a group of her friends when the woodsman, in the form of a wolf, leapt upon her and dragged her away with him. The enraged bridegroom gave chase, but the wolf and his bride had disappeared into the thick forest and were not seen again. For many days, the distraught soldier and his friends, armed with silver bullets, scoured the woods, searching for the maiden and her captor. After months of searching, his friends begged him to let the girl go and get on with living. These guys are pretty quick. I guess it's months of searching, but they don't know what it's like to be in love. They don't get it. You don't know what it's like to be in love. (laughs) You don't know how I feel. Uh, The soldier was half mad with grief. I wonder what the other half was. And refused to give up. One day, he found the cave where the werewolf lived. Within it lay the preserved body of his beloved wife. Aww. The girl had refused the werewolf's advantages to the advances to the very end and had died for it after his murderous fury had died away the werewolf had tenderly laid the body of the girl in a wooden coffin where it would be safe for predators okay who cares you killed her jerk 
The werewolf yeah, came real. to visit her grave every day, so the soldier laid in wait for him, shooting the werewolf several times as he entered the cavern and then chasing him down until the dying werewolf leapt into the lake and disappeared from view. The soldier sat by the lake with his gun, staring into the rippling water for hours as the catfish ate the bloody bits of the wolf that were floating on the surface of the water. These catfish, man. They're just hungry. <laughs> I saw a video of a catfish that looked like it could have been one of those from Lake Lanier. Scary. It had eaten a, a, a big turtle and was choking on it. The turtle was just like sticking out of its mouth. Oh my god. Yeah, it was just, I hated it. I watched it, but I hated it the whole time. Um, da, 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 da. When his friends found him, the soldier's mind was gone. He babbled insanely about a werewolf that had been eaten by a catfish when it leapt into the water, and he was sobered only long enough to lead them into the body of his beloved before he collapsed forevermore into insanity. He died a few days later and was buried beside his bride in a little glen where they had planted, or where they had planned to build their house. Their grave is long forgotten, and the place where it stands is covered with daisies in the spring. But to this day, the people of the area have a prejudice against eating catfish, though no one remembers why. I thought that was a really weird ending. It is. <laughs> I would definitely agree. I don't know what they have against catfish. I mean, it ate the werewolf. They did their job. I don't know. I like, I like catfish. Why do they gotta be like this? I came in. Okay, this one's called She Came from the Salted Water. Salty Taffy. Salty Taffy Salt Water. water laffy Taffy. Water. She came from a bucket of tears. <laughs> it was in the latter part of last year that my experience occurred. I had, of course, <laughs> heard the usual number of ghost stories, but I was an unbeliever. What, is that even a word? I think it's non-believer. Previously to the events, which I am about to relate. On August 2nd, 1903, I married Mr. S, who, as you know... Snake. He's a Mr. snake. S well, it says Mr. S. I know, but he's a snake. Oh. Who, as you know, had been married once before. The wedding was a delightful affair, and those who attended remarked as such. The sun was shining from a cloudless sky as I left the shady veranda and went across to the marquee to give a finishing touch to the wedding breakfast, already laid there on a long table improvised for the occasion. Only the decorating part was left to me, and as I arranged such greenery and flowers as I had, the old saying kept running in my head, Blessed is the bride the sun shines on. Surely the omen is true this once, for there was ever such a splendid fellow as John, or such a lucky woman as I. I thought it was supposed to be lucky if it rains on your wedding day. Yeah, I thought so too, but... People just, just pick and choose whatever they want. Pretty much. My dress was plain white muslin, simply made, and I had not intended to wear a veil, but Mrs. Green, my mother-in-law-to-be, said that uh, as they seldom saw a wedding and she did not feel that a bride should be uh, held to the supposed belief that a veil should not be worn for a second marriage, I might as well do the thing uh, in style while I was about it. So, to please her, I shrouded myself in a length of plain tulle that covered me almost from head to foot, and really the effect was rather good. We moved into a I really looked pretty nice. It really looked pretty nice. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we moved into a large, old-fashioned house. You want me to read the whole thing that way? I yes! <laughs> Built on the brow of a hill overlooking the estuary. Est estuary? 
and surrounded with oak and fir trees of enormous size and may be called a family seat as that it was inherited by my husband from his grandparents. Okay, can't wait can't till the this. ghost shows up. <laughs> Sadly, my husband's first wife met with a very tragic fate within sight of this house. She was a skillful boatwoman and very fond of rowing about on the water. Sometimes allowing her a ring a dang dang, a ring a dang dang. <laughs> Sometimes allowing her boat to drift out to the tide, out with the tide, and come back to the re- on the return tide. One day she drifted out on the tide and was carried further than usual away from land. Before the tide turned into a violent thunderstorm, before the tide turned, a violent thunderstorm arose and the wind blew a gale. The poor woman must have been drowned during this, for she never returned, and the small boat in which she had been in which she had been was picked up days after over a hundred miles away by a trawler. The syntax in this is kind of weird because it's like a like early nineteen hundreds essay or story. Yeah, and like sometimes I'm like, I think there should be a comma here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. This terrible accident occurred eight years ago, and such a thing as her ghost returning was never dreamed of during these days. The old house had been elegantly refitted, and was the personification of home comfort, with its cheerful old-style wood fires on the wide hearths. The room which my husband and I occupied was on the second floor, a large corner room at the front of the house overlooking the estuary, the bright waters of which glimmered and silvered through the branches of the trees about the house as one looked from our north windows. We retired on the first night of our occupancy late, rather late, and, being much wearied by the fatigues incumbent on me as hostess, I soon fell asleep. Everyone wore me the fuck out. <laughs> I'm tired as fuck, y'all. Uh, suddenly, I awoke with a start. I felt something cold on my face. I could scarcely breathe as a death-like as a desk-like, as a death-like feeling ran through me and seemed to freeze my blood. It was most horrible. Opening my eyes, I saw a woman, if such an object as looked upon could be said to have sex. She was exceedingly tall, and about her head hung long, wet streams of yellow hair. Her whole, her whole form was lurid with a kind of phosphorescence, and her eyes seemed to blaze with a greenish fire. About her form hung a long, loose wrapper, which water seemed to dip from, each drop having a green sparkle as it fell. But, most horrible of all, I could see clear through her body. The horror! (laughs) I can see how dirty this room is. I've been so busy, I just can't keep it clean. God damn it! Ring-a-dang-dang! The moon was shining in through the window, and she was between me and the moon. And strangely enough, I could see all her bones inside of her body, which seemed to be less transparent than the flesh. So she seemed a skeleton with a pallor of flesh and clothing about her. Slowly, with her horrible bony hands, she stroked my warm flesh, and mm. salt water seemed to drip from them as she did so. She literally felt me all over, and while she was doing so, I lay spellbound without the power of speech or motion. Meanwhile, John remained sound asleep. Is she about to have sex with Ghost? No, she's. There is no ghost sex on this one. I don't know. <laughs> It uh, I guess it it could have taken a turn, but uh, it it turns not that way. At last, as she seemingly had satisfied her curiosity in regard to me, she quietly raised up the covers and got into the bed <laughs> between us. Okay, how is this not all right? Her cold, clammy form lay still for a while like a corpse. Then she spoke, John. 
at the same time taking his hand in hers. My husband awoke and only looked at her a second when, with a wild shriek, he leap, leaped up. Well, shouldn't it be leapt? He leapt from the bed and found a match. Meanwhile, I still lay there in the bed. So did the woman or ghost. <laughs> woman or ghost. <laughs> Who's to say? Meryl, what are you doing? What are you doing? She just looked at me like, what? <laughs> She's like, I'm just, it's getting good. <laughs> when the light was lit, a loud crash was heard. The ghost was gone in an instant. On looking around, the whole sash was broken bodily out of the north window. The windows toward the sound, and a weird wailing wind came whistling into the room. The noise had aroused the house, and before long our guests and servants were in the room with us. On hearing the strange story, they were greatly surprised. My husband recognized the ghost as that of his drowned wife. <gasps> Since that time, the strange phantom has been seen in the same room a number of times. She has also been seen walking about the grounds, always dressed in the same manner as I have described, and looking the same. Had I not seen this with my own eyes, and had others present to witness it, I should never have believed so remarkable a freak of nature possible. A ring-a-dang-dang. A ring-a-ding-dang. And that's it for our scary wedding stories. I know. There's a, there's still, I'm sure, good ones out there. You would be surprised, or maybe not surprised, that when you try to look up scary wedding stories, that most of the ones that come up are like, I broke my ankle. I got the flu on my wedding day. My husband has a big zit and I can't marry him. I won't do it. And other horror stories. Other wedding nightmares. My cake just ding-dang fell right over. It just ding-dang fell right <laughs> over. It's like a ghost pushed it. Actually, none of them had ghosts. I would have included one if there was a haunted cake story. She put her clammy <laughs> hands all over my warm flesh. She's not riding the bed with us. I <laughs> ring-a-ding-ding. It's Janet so Snakehole. Because it's, it's, that's, it's Mr. S. John Snakehole. This was written. <gasps> oh, by, my God. By Mrs. Snakehole. I'm sure he died soon after and she inherited his fortune. So I hope I haven't scared you too badly with these spooky, scary wedding stories. I'm so scared. I'm never going to sleep again. Just don't play hide-and-seek at your reception. Um, wear sturdy shoes so you don't get evil spirits in the bottom of your feeties. Um, has Ryan been married before? Nope. Okay, so you can wear a veil if you want. And um, just make sure if your dress is secondhand that the first person to wear it wasn't a dead person. I feel like I can handle that. Okay, I mean, so no you're promises. good. Okay. <laughs> no promises. I'm gonna cosplay as the dead wife at your wedding. Please don't. <laughs> but it's just like, why? Why do you want to do all these things? Why would you do this to me? I just want to make it a memorable occasion. Mm-mm. No, mm. no. <laughs> just stories to tell your kids. Your Aunt Taylor dressed up like a spooky, uh, salty skeleton. She was covered in, in cat bells. Well, Mom, was that fun? I didn't love it. <laughs> no, we threw her out. It was really kind of put a damper on the whole day, especially because she was soaking wet. It was literally damp. We didn't get the deposit back. It really made me mad. <laughs> no, I'll be perfectly well behaved, and I won't wear a cat bell, and I will, like, 95% not dress up as a spooky skeleton. I appreciate In a that. blonde wig. A wet a blonde wig. 
god. So, what have you been watching or doing or playing that was spooky and cool this week? I... Oh, man. You blanking? Mm-hmm. Um, did you finish watching The Ritual, or did you start it? No, I never even started it. Oh, Ryan and I watched Get Out, which I had already seen it, but Ryan hadn't, and he really enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen Get Out, it's by, um, uh, Jesus, I know his Jordan name. Jordan Peele? Yeah, Jordan Peele. Um, he directed and read it, wrote it, and, um, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of got Rosemary's Baby-esque vibes, and it's just very, very good. It's horrifying. It's not super, like, it's, um... It's not super, uh, there is violence, but, like, you never really see it, um, which Ryan appreciated because he's kind of squeamish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wanted to recommend, because on My Favorite Murder today, when I was listening, they talked about, um, what we do in the shadows, and it reminded me of how much I love that movie. And, um, if you've never seen it, it's basically, like, a documentary-style movie starring, um... Jermaine Clement? Clement? I don't know. Uh, From Flight of the Concords and Taika... I can't remember his name. I can't remember anybody's name, honestly. Wikipedia. Taika. Taika Watiti. They don't know your name either, to be fair. That's true, they don't. (laughs) And I'm sure they would mispronounce it. Taika Watiti. Um, And it's super funny. It's like a documentary style about vampire roommates one of them is vlad the impaler they're all really nerdy but they think they're cool it's just hilarious and if you haven't seen it you should watch it it's on netflix or it used to be on netflix i know taylor looked it up and i looked it up today too and it's on amazon prime so if you have a prime account you can you can watch it it's very funny it's very good I feel like I saw something recently that said they were going to be making it into a TV show. Uh, yeah, they're going to bring it, I think, to America because it's a New Zealand film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they're going to remake it into a TV show, which I kind of feel like is pointless. But maybe maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I know they're also working on a um, like a follow-up sequel about the werewolves in it. So uh, that should be good because the werewolves are a really great part as well. I thought we just finished talking about how werewolves were kind of dorky. They are. Combining them with vampires (laughs) just makes it worse. They have like this stupid rivalry and they're both so lame and that's why it's so funny. (laughs) It's just literally there's this part where he's like, we're werewolves, Jeremy, not swearwolves. Okay. It's just, it's so good. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, if you need to laugh, you should watch it. But if you want to have that gothy aesthetic, then you just watch it. It's, it hits all the, all the right, uh, buttons. All the, all the buttons, all the, the squares. Checks mm-hmm. them all off. Yeah, it checks them all off. Um, what have you been watching slash loving? Um, I, I wouldn't say I loved it. I finally, I started... That new Netflix movie, The Ritual, and I finished it last night. I feel like the first half, because I was like, oh, this is like an hour and a half. I can knock this out before bed really easily. And then at some point, Mark walked in and was like, hey, how much longer do you have on this? Like, are you going to bed soon or what? And I was like, I mean, I think it's almost over. And then I went to look at it and it was like 40 minutes in. And I was just Ooh. like, oh, 
Never mind. Oh, never mind. I I still have like 45 minutes left. And um, anyway, so I might have just been distracted, but overall I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought like the, the creature design in it was really neat because sometimes when you have these scary like lost in the woods stories and they keep kind of inferring that there's like some sort of beast in the woods but they don't show it and then they finally let you see it you're like that looks fucking stupid like i wish i had never seen it but i didn't feel that way with this one this one i thought was a a good combination of kind of weird i want to call it body horror but like it just i don't know without spoiling anything i thought it looked really neat the movie itself like The kind of tropes of, like, being lost in the woods and finding, you know, creepy symbols and stuff like that can be a little bit played out, but I thought it was good for the most part. The cast is almost entirely dudes, so that might be kind of why I got a little bit bored. There's a couple bit parts played by ladies, but not every movie can be The Descent, so, you know. It's true. (laughs) Which the descent was super gory and sometimes kind of bugged me, but I just remember seeing that and being like, this movie's all ladies. It's just ladies. There's like one dude in the beginning, but it's just ladies. It's just ladies. Is this allowed? What the fuck? Is this allowed? (laughs) Stop. But so, but it's on Netflix if you've got it. It's about an hour and a half. It's not super long. It's not terribly gory. There's like... One or two scenes where there's some disemboweling. What kind of a world do we live in where I'm like, it's not super gory. There's just like two or three scenes of disemboweling. That's all. <laughs> um, but Sign me up. A ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> but, you know, it's just a fun, cool movie about some college pals, you know, going to hike in the Swedish mountains to, you know, celebrate the death of one of their other college friends and to commemorate his passing. You know, the way any cheerful, happy lad movie starts. Of course. (laughs) But creature design, super good. So even if you just like skip to the last 20 minutes and watch that part, it just looks really cool. Um, Hmm. Other than that, I finally started uh, that game I suggested last week, the Speed Dating for Ghosts. And so far, it's pretty good. I've only finished my first room full of ghosts. Um, I think I'm I'm almost at the point where I've got to pick between Riley, who's like a, a jock ghost, uh, Steph, who's a ghost who didn't quite realize she was dead, and she's kind of, kind of anxious, and then Vera, who's like an old smoker ghost, who's mm-hmm. from like the 1950s, and she calls me Sunshine, and she's pretty sweet, even though she was involved in like, crime. I just don't know how I'm going to pick. Probably go with Vera. Because the sport guy literally has a football, like, stuck in his head, and it kind of weirds me out. Hmm. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited for Monster Prom. I know, I haven't, I'll have to check out, a like, a trailer or something for that. I hadn't heard of it before. Everybody is so cute. Like, all of the, all of the people that you can date or whatever, they're all so cute. It's like the ghost lady is really cute, and um, I like the zombie guy. And there's like a like a void guy that looks cool. Ooh, and, um, just hearing about him—that's who I pick. He looks really shy. It's cute. They're all so cute. 
like the women there's like a a lady with snakes for hair and she's super cute and oh god they're all cute like i'm very excited is it gonna be on steam i'm not sure i would assume so i'm gonna look it up later you said it's called monster prom it's like a yeah they have a twitter and stuff it was a kickstarter yeah oh kickstarter okay so kickstart it so we can date the void. It already got kickstarted. Like, I think it already got backed and everything. Ah, fuck yeah. So. I'm gonna date the void. I'm very excited about the whole prospect. <laughs> the the ghost girl is named Polly Geist. Ah, that's <laughs> almost too cute. <laughs> I don't know. So it might be too much. I love it. <laughs> I, I love all of them. I only saw it like two or three days ago. And the minute I saw it, I was like, I'm gonna play this. Because I love it. I love dating sims. I know. I saw one a while back. I feel like I'm blowing my, my load on all of the games I'm looking forward to. But uh, there's another one that I played a demo for that was called, like, Date or Die or something. And it's sort of like a dating sim, but I guess apparently, like, you wake up and you're trapped in a room with, like, six other people and you have to find your, like, soulmate or, like... Basically, like, you have to fall in love with someone and they have to also fall in love with you or else they die and you die or something. Like, the only way you can get out is if the two of the same people, like, fall in love or something. So this is like a combination of Saw and Perfect Match. Sort of, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But I I don't know when that's coming out, but I played a demo for it a while back and and the character designs and stuff were really cute. They had some like neat kind of like non-binary and pretty good like res- representation in it. But I also felt bad because I was like, man, we're we're all going to die. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't get attached to all these cool people because uh, we're going to get we're going to get it. But spoopy. I love games that are about falling in love, but also about ghosts and, and dying. So. Mm. You know, on that happy note, I think we're done. And uh, I guess me and Becca will just excuse ourselves to go dream about the void mm-hmm. and how we may one day date it. I think it was a guy. I don't know. It might be a non-binary character. I have no idea because some of them haven't been like named. There was a core cast that they sort of talked about on Kickstarter. And then I think they've added more and more with the money they got. So I feel I'm like really it's excited. the void. How can you really gender the void? Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Well, you don't have to guess about where to find us on the internet or at Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show. We're on iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play, as far as I know. Uh, if you want, <laughs> if you want to subscribe, well, sometimes like I'll, I'll type in our names just to see what pops up and it'll take me to like a random, like podcast player. So you might be able to find us in other places that, that pull from iTunes and stuff like that, whatever floats your ghost boat. Um, but subscribe, follow us on the Twitter. We kind of keep updated on our schedule. Uh, you can always leave comments. You can email us with any stories or suggestions or just say hi at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com and uh, I guess thanks thanks for listening, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess, you know. I just want to play it cool, like, you know. You Not know. Sure. What if, yeah, I mean, if you listen, it's cool. It's whatever. But if you don't, I mean, that's cool too, I guess. Whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> and if you're playing Speed Dating for Ghosts, let me know who your favorite ghost is. Let me know if you've been able to date Fran, because she's really cute, but she's kind of like the Isabel, and I don't 
I, I haven't been able to figure it out yet. She's just in charge of everything. And she's, like, got little deer antlers and glasses, and she's cute. How I get that ghost. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Bye.